0: Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about Aventure, a new platform that's making venture capital available to the masses. It doesn't matter if you are an accredited or non-accredited investor. Aventure provides an opportunity to diversify your investment portfolio by providing access to investing in venture capital funds. The Aventure app provides everything you need to make startup investments, including extensive research material, seamless transaction processes, and allocation measures. For fund managers, Aventure seeks to help you streamline your operations and launch your fund. Now, typically, venture capital and startup investments are illiquid, which is a major pain point in our industry. Aventure is fixing this by offering periodic withdrawals for its investors. I and many others in the industry are so excited about this launch. Their first fund launch is coming early next year. So if you want to be the first in the know, join their waitlist at Aventure.vc. That's A-V-E-N-T-U-R-E dot V-C. Also check the link in the show notes. Aventure is a California-based fintech company and operates independently from investment advisors on its platform who may be registered as investment advisors in the US or qualify for exempt reporting status. Hello, I'm Mike Gelb, and this is the Consumer BC Podcast where we discuss the intersection of venture capital and consumer innovation. If you're enjoying the show, you can subscribe to my newsletter where you'll receive every new episode a week early. Head to theconsumerbc.com and click subscribe. All continent episodes are for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not investment advice. Our guest today is Josh Cliffords, founder and CEO of FreeWater. Free Water is exactly what you think it is: free water. They give away water and make money on selling ads on the bottle. We discussed the origin story of Free Water and the economics of this ad-based physical product business, how he approached his distribution and finding sponsors as well, and reactions to him building on Free Water, as well as how he was able to fundraise, which is a cool story. Without further ado, here's Josh. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for
1: having me. Really excited to be here today.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for this. This is Freewater, it's such a it's such a different proposition, I would say, about maybe almost any other product or service that I've I've had on the show. So um, really excited to dive in. Um so Josh, what were you doing before Free Water?
1: Uh, A mixed bag. I mean, I'm 37 now. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff. I used to own a small gym for athletes in Los Angeles a long time ago. Uh, Sold the business, bought an RV and traveled around America for a year and a half. I ran out of gas money. I sold the RV. I went to South America for nearly six months. Uh, Then I enlisted in the army to go from civilian to Green Beret and I hurt my back jumping out of an airplane and then I broke my leg later on in the woods and so I was medically retired from the army, and then I was on a trip around the world uh for years and that's when I invented that stuff and here i am
0: wow that is like uh, that is unbelievable i mean just so uh so many different um d- different things that you've done from 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 being successful in the business sector and then and then and then also going to the military that's that's pretty pretty amazing um why so Why did you get the idea for for Free Water? Yeah, so um,
1: I was on a trip around the world and um, I was in Rome for five minutes back in 2015. And I was really touched by the story of two refugees from Nigeria. And that compelled me to cancel my trip around the world. And I made a nonprofit called Save the Refugees where we helped refugees uh, between Greece and the country of Serbia. And other than giving them, um, you know, like aid, like, you know, shoes, uh, medicine, clothing, toys, you name it. The, the goal of our nonprofit was to be the refugee's best friend because these people have been through a lot. They've been through wars. And speaking with these people, we helped more than 10,000 people. And we found that roughly 20 or 25% of them left their country because they didn't have water, food, or medicine. And that really opened uh, mine and my wife's eyes to this global issue. Um Because I just try to Google how many people die every year because they don't have water, food, or medicine, and you can't create that number. It doesn't pop up. So we had to do our own research, and we guesstimate 50 million a year. And so meanwhile, here in the U.S., we're the biggest food wasters in the world. 30% of all groceries go straight from the supermarket shelf and into the trash because they're either too expensive or the supply chain was broken. So I wanted to kill both of those birds with one stone and change uh, the experience behind donating to charity because donated charity costs money and typically socially conscious products cost more like a Tom's shoes or whatever. And so we wanted to change that. We wanted to make the highest quality products, the cheapest products. We wanted to prevent all that waste and we wanted to save those 50 million lives a year. So we created this new
0: platform. So it was instead of creating, I guess, a premium product that then you'd able to, you know, buy one, donate one or, or give one to, um, someone in need, instead, you actually, you actually kind of flip that on its head in, in some way. And you decided, well, what if we give out a free product that actually then, um, and then using, you know, advertising, um, you're able to actually then donate and actually, um, and actually give as well. If you actually get one of the free bottles.
1: Yeah, um, and again, free water is a premium product. Other brands sell our same exact water for 2 to $4 a bottle. And so we're not, and, I, and this is just the first product of our future free supermarkets here in the USA. And so this isn't gonna be the 99 cent store of free supermarkets. This is Whole Foods or better. And so uh, we're that company that's gonna totally disrupt Amazon in the best of ways.
0: What were the first steps when you had this idea of um, all right, I want to, I, I want to produce this product. I want, I want premium water. I want it for free. Obviously need to pay for this. What were, what were kind of the first, was it first sourcing going out and build, building out the supply chain for water? Was it trying to also find advertisers that would come on board? Like what, what was kind of like the first steps when you, when you and your wife had this idea?
1: Even before that uh, though, cause those weren't the first steps. The first steps was us figuring out the true cost to end global famine because if you look at what the UN or the US government says, their numbers are ridiculously inflated and so we calculated to end the global water crisis permanently if, if the money spent responsibly is the key because governments don't like to do that part is between five and ten billion dollars. that's nothing that's you know the war in Afghanistan and Iraq was a trillion dollars and so what we realized was, Governments don't want to solve this. And so we have to do it without tax dollars, like no tax dollars, period. And so then working backwards from that number, we realized, well, hey, uh, the average American in the U.S. spends a few hundred dollars a year on bottled water. And those people drink three to six bottles per day. We just need to save 10 percent of Americans that money. And when they drink three of our waters per day, we're donating billions of dollars to end the global water crisis annually. So when we reached that 10% number in America, we've ended the global water crisis permanently, conservatively, 48 months afterwards without a penny of tax dollars.
0: Wow. That's, um, that's amazing. Um, why, why as well did you think about doing this in maybe like a for-profit sphere rather than like maybe like a nonprofit?
1: I've started two nonprofits in the past. I'm very familiar with the realm or the, you know, the industries. And when you run out of donations, you're you're done. And so, but, so I had to ask myself, well, why hasn't like the Red Cross quote unquote saved the world? And whether, you know, whether you agree with uh, my reasoning or not, I just thought that it wasn't the best system. Like look at companies like Google or Uber, Uber scaled the world faster than any company. It was a for-profit model. And so I thought, okay, it can't just be profitable. It has to be the most unprofitable endeavor of all time to quote unquote save the world. So that way our investors, in order to get rich, they have to save, you know, 50 million lives a year in the environment for us. And that's why it works because this is more profitable than selling goods, not less.
0: So got it. No, understood. And of course, you know, where you want it, where you, where you want this to go, um, uh, free water is, as you say, um, to end global famine, which that costs, you know, five, 10 billion and for a nonprofit to do that, like that's, you know, really, really challenging to do, but for a for-profit entity, still very, very challenging to do, but it's, um, as you say, like, you know, Uber and, you know, a lot of companies grew very fast that, that it definitely makes a lot more sense in terms of the structure, um, uh, uh, to do it, just to end like the global uh, water crisis with that 5 to billion. Um, so you kind of knew how big this company needed to do in order to mm-hmm. accomplish your mission. What was then kind of the first steps afterwards?
1: It was not easy because I didn't know how to type or use a computer when I started at 32. So before I could talk to you about any of the software development or things we do, I had to teach myself how to type. And so I could I didn't know anything about coding until I taught myself how to type. I hadn't done a Word document at 32. So that was the first step. Like buy myself a laptop, teach myself like from basically below zero, and then just go from there. And so I, I started way behind any other person in tech.
0: Wow. That's um th- that's amazing. That's amazing. Um And so I guess after you learned um, how to code and, you know, software, which I mean, how long did that take, by the way?
1: Um, Well, I started working on the project about 100 hours a week in uh, September 2017. And so I started picking things up really quickly within 12 months. And so um, then from there, I started out by just I was living in Europe at the time. And so I started out by pitching VCs in Europe. And the VCs in Europe all told me the same thing. This is Europe. We don't do new technology. We're copycat investors. We wait to see it happen in America or China, and then we copy it when it's like de-risked. And so I, I whether I was in Switzerland or London or the Netherlands or Germany, I just couldn't find investors. And then on the flip side, I couldn't find people to join my startup for equity. It's hard enough in America to find people who are willing to work for a slice of the future pie. In Europe, it's a thousand times harder. And so after striking out and falling on my face about a billion times in Europe, I, I moved my wife and I and our cat Garfield, we moved to Silicon Valley for a while. And uh, we were there for about 10 months. And then from there we came to Austin and, and yeah. So, I mean, I, I started out by just looking for help and I couldn't find any help and everyone just thought I was crazy.
0: So before, so so you were kind of looking for investment before you even approached like the supply chain side of it, or even the advertiser part of it. Is that right?
1: Initially, I mean, listen, every founder wants to raise money and then launch. I attempted it; I couldn't pull it off, so I had to launch and then
0: raise. So what was what was that like launching? And, and it also, how did you think about you know f- uh, financing the business early on, since you weren't able to, um, since you weren't able to raise some VCs.
1: So because we're the first in the world to do this, I I got some really good advice in Silicon Valley, which was don't even bother looking for the money because they said straight up, like everything we invest in is the Uber of something. And that this is not that. And so this guy was like, Hey, you're going to have to score 10 times the touchdowns to raise a check that I would just give someone else for something else. So he's like, just score touchdowns and the money will come to you. And so initially um, I was doing whatever it took. I was driving Uber at like the wee hours of the night during the pandemic to get money for our first pallets of free water. Um, then unfortunately my mom passed away and I inherited a hundred thousand dollars and I basically invested all of that more into the company. And, and so that paid for the very first waters, uh, initially all the waters said free water and, um, We, you know, out of pocket, we were the advertiser, but then people would like reach out on the website and be like, can I advertise there? And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm not communicating right. So then the next one said like your ad here and it explained like everything you could do with this platform because Americans still really don't understand what you could do with QR codes, even post pandemic. And that's still, it helped, but then I had to still go out of pocket and do numerous collaborations where I gave advertisers free ad space just so people could see like people, clothing, products, anything on the packaging. And then that really opened the world's eyes to what's possible. So I went out of pocket the first 30 40,000 waters to get it going.
0: How, how did you approach finding, you know, um, on the supply chain side, like figuring that out, finding where to actually source the water And, and all that, even a package, packaging as well.
1: So, uh, unfortunately there's not many beverage manufacturers in the U S that white label anything that's not in a plastic bottle. And since we already put our foot down, we didn't want to make water free and do it in a plastic bottle. There wasn't many options. So we just started calling the few, like less than 1% of what was available And yeah, people were really open to it. Only a couple of people said they wouldn't help us. And the reason why they said they wouldn't help us is they're like, I believe in what you're doing, but if you're successful, you're making my business model obsolete. And so I was told that a couple of times, but for the most part, everybody believes that what we believe that food, water, medicine should be available to everyone and eco-friendly. So when manufacturers find out what we're doing, they, they love it.
0: I I don't quite understand how how that's how if you're successful that would make their their business obsolete because you're still paying them for the for the product
1: of course just- but on a, on a like the outer layer of the onion the way they see it or saw it I believe was that oh well I sell water at like Walmart or whatever and if you make water free then they're not going to pay you know for my water and so that was you know and I mean it is what it is.
0: So how much how much did it cost um on that like initial order of uh for that you were putting I think 30 40,000 um how much did it cost per bottle and and and, and how many bottles of water did you um, end up getting per, for the first round the,
1: those initial orders were just uh, like one to three pallets at a time at that small of quantity I was Paying as much as like a dollar, fifty dollars, sixty Got with it. shipping because shipping's expensive,
0: and these so waterfalls are pretty heavy. You know, yeah. without
1: economies of scale, it it was it was expensive, and um, yeah, it was just that weirdo with a cooler on the bridge out in Austin, and uh, a lot of people thought it was a a religion thing, so they didn't even come and say hi because um, they're like, "Who's this?" dude with a cooler on the bridge like he's probably trying to preach religion to me Um, that was what a lot of people said eventually after being there for weeks people just came by like okay what's the catch and they're like this was not what i expected and so that word of mouth and then putting those experiences on tiktok just really helped us blow up
0: that's um that's really cool um how as well and i think you talked about it a little bit earlier but who was your first advertiser that, um, that advertised on Free Water? And what was kind of your method, um, since that is the way that you, you know, made this, would make the whole thing run, what was kind of your method and maybe flywheel that actually would attract advertisers to advertise on uh, Free Water?
1: So initially, like, this was like, Pre beta um, and pre even me being out on the bridge, I sold some samples and some products to some cannabis shops in Los and in, in Northern California and Los Angeles. So my first advertisers were legal cannabis shops, um, and it worked because they really didn't have anywhere else to advertise, and they were curious about it. Um, later on, I mean, they were all sorts—from influencers to insurance companies to clothing brands to uh we get like a really mixed batch of content i wouldn't we have two umbrellas in our company um that are equally as large in the future number one is traditional marketing and number two is communication because we have a lot of uses for communication side that has nothing to do with traditional marketing and both will be equally as huge for us and so to date, we've only had one advertiser who would fall into the communication one, and everyone else was traditional marketing. I'll give you an example. Um, yeah, would be great. So here's two nonprofits in Kentucky. One is a center for the homeless, and the other one is a nonprofit that uh, gives homeless people job training. And they were spending a lot of money on bottled water and flyers, so they combined their budget. And here it is. So this would fall under the communication side of our medium. It's not traditional marketing versus, um, yeah, I mean, this one I'm drinking out of, it's traditional marketing. you got a burger stand and a nonprofit on it. And so so in the future, we've just got so many communication use cases too, which are really unobvious. And um, we'll actually uh, kind of exploit That umbrella as much as humanly possible because uh, we're adding a lot of tech to our products in the near future. And so, whether we bring in revenue from the communication umbrella or the advertising umbrella, it's the same amount of revenue. So, we aim to do a lot of B2B in the communication side of things. That's going to bring in a ton of revenue, help us to expand our company, expand our tech. And then one day, when we've added all of the tech platform to its fullest, we're going to beat Facebook, TikTok, and Google at their own game and their own home court. Um, So it's kind of cool and everyone's got to start somewhere.
0: No, that's, that's awesome. So you charge the same amount of, for the communication side, which is more B2B versus like the, versus like the traditional marketing, like clothing brands and, um, and, you know, burger shops and what have you, you, you charge
1: those are yeah those are also can be b2b too we charge the same amount but like with traditional marketing we've got a lot of competition there's billboards there's google there's junk mail in your mailbox and the communication side of things uh i invented most of these verticals so we have zero competition and so why you know when 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 ad orders come into us and they do all the time yeah we're gonna we're gonna take those jobs but as we start um, building up our sales force, which we've been working on right now, we're just going to go outbound B two B in the communication umbrella because there's zero competition, and the only people w- willing or able to fulfill these orders are us.
0: So, so I guess more so, you're going to head more so onto the B two B communication side rather than like traditional marketing. Is that is is that really? roughly right just to start just to just start,
1: to start. Okay. i mean we'll we'll do a lot of b2b marketing as well um in general b2b is like our bread and butter
0: got it what's been um what's been the reaction and also um walk me through like the consumer experience as well obviously they take um they ca- they take and drink a free water they look at the advertising um are you selling the advertisers as well on the fact that they, uh, on that, that it can actually link to their website through it via a QR code? Um, and also, before COVID, were consumers even using QR codes?
1: Okay. So um, we'll start with the QR code thing. Um, the QR code was invented in the early to mid 90s uh, by Toyota. And the people of Japan mm-hmm. have so many use cases that will just, they're so advanced, they've never made it to the US. So even like post COVID us as Americans, we're really novice in the world of QR codes and we're barely tapping into this new paradigm. And so during the pandemic, um, well, listen, like when I first got started and I was just finding product market fit, like the first two weeks of the pandemic, I was actually giving out thousands of free beers um, wow. and I was basically cutting the labels off and putting like ghetto labels on them because you couldn't go anywhere. You were waiting in line for an hour to get into Costco or Trader Joe's. So I was giving out countless free beers. There was no police to stop us because they, there was a pandemic. No one knew what was going on. It was like the first couple of weeks. And that enabled me to get the finer details. For example, I realized some people are like, oh, I can't scan this with my QR or with my phone. I'd be like, what kind of phone do you have? And they would have like a five-year-old Android phone that probably costs them 200 bucks brand new. So I started realizing early that, you know what? Not every camera on every phone is created equal. We have to have a standard size QR code to ensure anybody, regardless of phone quality, could scan it, Um, this and that. And those thousands of initial prototypes during the pandemic enabled me to collect priceless data and feedback that I could just kind of roll into the platform as we rolled it out, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does. I'm, were you using since totally get that, you know, um, in Japan and other Asian countries, um, QR codes, um, a lot more high tech. Um, I remember going to China a couple of years ago and it was, you know, incredible to see, um, you see QR codes everywhere and, um, it's incredible, um, what it can do. And that wasn't really um anywhere here i mean still not really anywhere here right um you don't really see like qr codes quite the same way um but you but it's definitely a consumer habit that's been developed during the pandemic Mm -hmm. um and people have become a lot more comfortable using qr codes were you using qr codes before the pandemic as well or is that something that you actually use only during
1: uh all the stuff that I've been working on since 2017 was always QR code and NFC chip based. It's really the same, similar thing. Okay. Um, okay. And so they, they both take you to a URL, whether you scan the QR code or you right. have an NFC chip. So it's same technology, pretty similar.
0: What I'm curious about is before the pandemic in the States, um, were people actually like using the QR code since it wasn't as uh, from adoption wide, kind of widespread here?
1: Um, as far as I know, no. Um, Even when I was in Silicon Valley pre-pandemic, when I was telling people, yeah, we're using QR codes for these things, people looked like I looked at me like I was speaking Chinese, like, what's a QR code? You mean a barcode? And I'm like, no, a QR code. And so um, in these early days, we were definitely ahead of that curve by far. When the pandemic started, I got a lot of calls from just other entrepreneurs that I had met in Silicon Valley and beyond. And they're like, okay, I get it. Like, I remember you were talking about QR codes and now I see them coming into play. Like Tesla's using them to access their vehicles keylessly and so on and so forth. So, um, the pandemic has really helped to accelerate that in, 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 in America. And it has opened like our advertisers, eyes to all the capabilities, um, And so, but I always tell people, listen, like QR codes are great, but what's most important is the physical real estate. Um, and, And beyond that, what's most important is we're pretty much the only advertising platform that doesn't annoy our audience. We make our audience happy. And so those impressions are worth a lot more than annoying the fuck out of somebody in order to try to make a conversion. Um, And so it's a completely 180 because usually advertisers attack you and our audience comes to us like, Hey, I want free water. And then they're happy that it's free. They're happy when it's not in a plastic bottle. They're happy that it donates to charity. And from that happiness is when you should look at the packaging and see the brand, the brand name, right? Like Nike or Apple or whatever, versus like, I don't know, I'm watching a football game and there's a million commercials in the last 5 minutes of the game. That's an inconvenience. Who wants to be inconvenienced?
0: No, I I I totally get that. I'm prior to the pandemic if people I and I totally get that like the main part is kind of that advertising real estate that advertisers get. But when it comes to measuring, you know, success and what have you. Um if consumers weren't American consumers weren't as much using QR codes um, prior to the pandemic, was it harder to kind of bring aboard advertisers since people weren't actually pulling out their phones to actually click on to actually, and you, and it was harder to maybe measure if that ad, if that ad was actually resonating with the consumer. Um, and then when the pandemic shifted, like was that then a shift and advertisers were actually much more interested in free water because people were actually new, new and kind of under understood QR codes, or 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 not really?
1: It's a good it's a good question. Uh, To be honest, I couldn't give you an honest sampling of that. I really think the main differentiation factor wasn't the pandemic. It was just I became better and better at communicating the vision. And so, um, yeah, I I think I just became a better communicator over time. I'm always refining the pitch constantly still today. And so being able to communicate it better was what enabled me to build a team, company, get investors, and more. Um, just got lucky with the whole TikTok thing, and that kind of amplified the communication once I got better at communicating it.
0: And, yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um, how How? also, I know you've brought up, I think, a couple times tech platform that free water is, or w- 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 what do you actually mean by tech platform? Is it using um, technology for advertising, like, you know, TikTok and maybe other accounts? Is it th- the QR code, uh, part of it with actually advertisers being able to connect with customers, uh, through free water? How do you, how do you, how do you think about, uh, the tech platform that you're building?
1: Uh, there's a few ways. Um, number one, like I always like to show people this, like, this is your smartphone, whether you're Apple or Android, right? What is your smartphone? It's hardware you can't live without. But what's food, water, and medicine? It's also hardware you can't live without. If you had to choose one, you're not going to choose your computer or smartphone. And so we essentially created what will be, we believe will be recognized as the next iPhone or way bigger. What's in your iPhone? An app store. And Apple's able to charge 30% of all of those apps because they kind of own the house. They own the casino. But what's limiting to that app store is the Apple app store could only live in Apple phones, the Google one only in Google phones and so on and so forth. We're creating a new type of app store that's distributed across non-electronic products. And it's not limited to being in the hardware of your phone. And so we will also charge 30% in this new app store. And before we get to that phase, um, today we just earn money off the physical advertising. But in the future, we're going to charge two to three percent for all purchases on our platform, and that undercuts Amazon by more than ten percent. Um, also, with our free vending machines, we're, we're, we're releasing our first free vending machine prototype in the next four to eight weeks. Um, that will be mobile app based. You won't be able to access the free vending machine without the free water app. Why? Because some people might be inclined to take all the free snacks from the machine otherwise, and so. It's kind of a convergence of a few different platforms layered over one another. It's just kind of hard to kind of visualize and see in these early days. But even in these earliest days, yeah, we use QR codes to track everything, but that's nothing compared to what we're doing in the future.
0: So the bottle is, I guess, at like the centerpiece of what this platform will be. And then you can actually go and, you know, make per- uh, purchases per se um, using your phone, Um uh to other sites that are maybe advertising um, on the bottle itself and then you collect kind of a fee based off of what they're purchasing and kind of maybe a, a referral based fee is that is that roughly right
1: yeah it's just one of many things we also already use augmented reality to advertise beyond the packaging too so like this was our first um water box advertiser um, we're about to place our uh, another big order when i get off the zoom or this uh, podcast with you And so this right here is the most advanced piece of consumer packaging in the history of the world, why? Because if you scanned all of these QR codes, there's probably 24 hours of entertainment attached to this single piece of packaging. And so in the future, like your free groceries is YouTube, uh, your newspaper, magazines, it's all forms of communication and entertainment just pasted right on there. And as everything goes wearables in the near future, uh, once Apple does pull the trigger and does Apple glasses and so on and so forth, that's when this whole thing is really going to come to life. Because there's an infinite number of pages, if you could visualize a book, using augmented reality. And so there's an infinite number of potential physical and digital layers on our platform. Cool,
0: cool. So the next step, the next step, um, so um as as you pointed out you're launching vending machines what's that what's that process been like
1: so we just ordered the hardware for our first free vending machine these are going to be like the tesla or lamborghinis of free vending machines like super advanced um we started out this first machine's costing us roughly 30 grand um why are we using the most advanced vending machine because we can we could have also have done it with like a used $1000 one and i could crowbar off the change part and add a $40 raspberry pie and so on and so forth. Um, but it, it just brings in more revenue and it allows us to do more more advanced things such as if there was ads in the vending machine for both, um, uh, men and women, you would get an individualized ad coming out of that machine, um, and so on and so forth it just brings in more layers because there's tvs on the vending machine so those are going to be displaying ads which brings in more revenue uh, that we didn't really need because we're profitable just off the physical packaging but um, eventually the vending machines uh, will scale to the point where we'll combine printing machines label applicators and new types of bidding algorithms so if you and i uh, both walked up to the vending machine at the same time, we would get an individualized paint job right on the can.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool. That's
1: And so those same bidding algorithms will eventually apply to the free products being sent straight to your doorstep. When you open that free 24 packs on your doorstep in the future, all the cans and bottles are going to look completely different with paint jobs individualized just for you and your family.
0: So, is that also individualized based off of your interests? Is that right? Or, or yeah, okay. of course.
1: Just like just like YouTube, just like all the other platforms. Okay. But um, our algorithms will take that one step further, simply because um, Facebook and Google and TikTok they don't ask you all the questions that we believe they should, and they try to cookie cutter what you could do with their platforms will be a lot more flexible. I'll give you an example. Have you ever used like Facebook ads before Instagram ads or anything? So like maybe you're selling a t-shirt and it's going to say like, what state or location do you want to sell them in? What age group demographic, so on and so forth. But what they'll never do is they'll never stop you last minute and be like, Hey Josh, Hey Mike, this ad sucks. It's really low quality. It's, It's a video, we don't get what you're selling, it's not in 4K, there's no call to action, there's no this, there's no that. So when we eventually do launch our bidding algorithms, the first feature we're going to add is an auto correction, where it helps the advertisers create better content. It coaches them to make sure that they get better results. Other companies just take the money and launch it regardless. And then we're also not going to put people in a box like Facebook does, which is like um, what, cause what if you don't want any of those things that they're trying to ask you there needs to be a way that they could customize the platform just for their use. And Google, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, they don't do that. They, they just let you target within the realms that they want you to target, but they don't let you step outside the box and do things differently. And and that ability to customize a unique solution for your company—that's that's where all the magic happens. Because no company is the same as one another, so why treat them exactly the same?
0: How how then do you think about profiles and people actually creating profiles and um, like obviously on Facebook? And I'm I'm pretty familiar with with Facebook ads. Um, of course, you're it's kind of siphoning through what the kind of the right profile is based off the person's interest, maybe what they're posted or what have you also based off of the location. How do you think about this in relation to free water? um, Since you are, since you actually want to deliver kind of personalized um, advertisements, how do you know like the actual customer itself? So
1: in the future, there's a lot of different ways. So um, let me paint a different picture, big picture. You're going to get the product from us three different ways from your local supermarket Um, And these are no particular order Uh, from your local supermarket. And the reason why your local market is going to give away our free products are they're going to make more money distributing our free products than they can selling Fiji or Liquid Death or whatever it is. Um, And that's not just water, that's food too. Um, You're going to get it from free vending machines and it's going to come directly to your doorstep. Now, um, those same algorithms will be applied to your supermarket. What's that supermarket full of brands? right? And they're going to be bidding on that real estate against one another. The more they bid it up, the more we're going to pay that store to give away the product in the future. Now that store has a location and it's easy to create a demographic out of that location, right? And all of those brands within it, they already have all this info. So it's kind of self-correcting. Same thing one day when we're delivering the product straight to your doorstep, we've created the free Amazon big picture. We call it Amazon 2.0. And with amazon there's no anonymous users like facebook you can be an anonymous user as they say they're still going to sell your data and stuff um and which i don't think is necessarily ethical but with amazon there's no anonymous users why because you got your credit card attached to it or your atm but also if you, you could order alcohol on amazon right like you could buy beer on amazon and send it to your doorstep so they need to know exactly who you are the age you are to make sure like a five-year-old's not buying alcohol. And so when we have products being shipped to your doorstep, we have to know exactly who you are too, because we're launching free beer next. And so that obviously helps. Um, and I, I think the real question you're getting around is like, and maybe catch me, stop me if I'm wrong here, but like, how do we feel about all the data and all the profiling and so on and so forth? Because uh, ultimately we want to create a platform where big picture our users get half of any money we would get from their data. you know today everyone says, oh data is the new oil or so on and so forth. Facebook does not give you half of the money that they get from your data And so we aim to we aim to be fully transparent and we want everybody to feel like they got what they deserved and that includes anybody who, we're collecting data off of in the future to create the ads, and so we want to make sure they get extra money too.
0: Why? Why will grocery stores make more money selling free water than a liquid death or maybe another water? Is that because they're going to be going to be partaking in the advertising business as well?
1: Well, number one, um, supermarkets have they don't typically have the craziest margins on their product. It's not. Typical supermarket Sweet. margins are not like the margins at like the gas station. You go buy a bottle of water at the gas station for $4.99.
0: Yeah, it's much more margins.
1: expensive than yeah, yeah, wherever yeah. you shop at, right? And so we're gonna pay them to give away our products. And what you'll see, what we predict with the with the bidding and location, depending on the location, the type of store, so on and so forth, a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods, they're gonna get paid pretty similar amounts to give away our product than selling others. But we add a lot of other value ads because free products increase foot traffic. That means more other products purchased. Also, when you get that free water, it's going to most likely, unless people outside of the market, a brand from outside of the market, bids higher than, I don't know, the brands within the market, um, it's going to say, hey, two packs of Chips Ahoy cookies for the price of one or two cases of, I don't know, Coors Light Beer for 30% off. So you're going to get the free water and then you're going to go buy more products within the store. Um, So they're going to get paid a lot to give it away. It's going to increase foot traffic. It's going to sell more products from the increased foot traffic, but also the ads on the packaging. And then they get other value ads such as the amazing PR because we are building water wells through our donations per product, you know, like a Whole Foods they would be saving roughly 10,000 lives per year on a single location. And so it's the combination of getting paid to give it away, um, the increased foot traffic, other products, sales, and the PR. And so but I'm pretty sure just paying them to give it away, we would already compete with what they would earn selling Evian or Fiji. But we add all these other layers too.
0: Where are you currently selling your bottles? What's kind of been like your, your sales channel's Uh, at this moment in time?
1: Well, again, we give them away. So they're not sold. Right. right. Um, We sell to the advertiser. Um, And so today, uh, and again, this is still just getting it going. Um, You'll get free water from us two different ways, even in these earliest days. Um, Number one, we offer B2B where we ship large quantities to any advertiser who wants to distribute anywhere in the lower 48 States and they distribute it as they see fit. Um, Then we offer direct to the consumer in very limited capacity here in Austin. And now we've done a couple activations in New York and we're kind of scaling this out. We did a quick activation in Europe, which is what you asked about uh, pre-podcast. And so what we'll see in the near future and as we get into 2023 and as we grow our team, because right now there's 14 people on the team and we really need 50 to try to keep up with this demand. You'll start seeing more and more distribution in stores near you. Um, then we'll scale these vending machines out. The last way you'll get the product from us is direct to your doorstep.
0: Got it. And what's I mean, what's the current um, economics for the product? Like, how much are you charging advertisers for maybe one spot on a bottle currently? Um, well, I'd imagine that it, it, maybe it varies based off of um, the amount of bottles that they actually want to be on. But like, how do you how do you think about that part?
1: So today, um, it depends, like, is it paper cartons, aluminum bottles? Ah, Um, They both have their pros and cons. These are more expensive to manufacture because they're aluminum. Um, Also more likely to be refilled. These are much cheaper and have much more ad space. So it also depends on the amount of artwork that they require. Because we include two to three hours of artwork help in our fees. But we've had some advertisers who needed like 30 hours of help. So after the three hours are spent or so we charge 50 bucks an hour because some people just need everything done. They don't have a logo, they don't have anything. So we kind of have to start from the scratch of scratch or just it's so complicated that it takes that much. And then it depends, are they distributing it or are we distributing it? Cause like, let's say you wanted, I don't know, a hundred thousand boxes of water and we're shipping them to you in Idaho cool it's going to be about 100k uh, even including shipping out the door but what if you wanted us to distribute 100,000 waters in austin for example well now you're talking about us distributing 115,000 pounds of h2o what time of the year is it is it when it's 100 degrees outside do we need ice do we need logistics is there or is it in the winter time it doesn't need to be refrigerated is there, there's just so many factors that go into that, how much warehouse space, this, that. So we really do create custom quotes. Also, some advertisers pay extra because they want a lot of just visibility on our uh, social media networks too. So some people ask for extras. Also, some people uh, want targeted ads. Like we need to have it at this university. Well, we charge an extra 10 cents for targeted as well. And so it just, a lot of things go into creating an invoice because we don't want to just cookie cutter solutions. We want to create something that works best for every unique company or organization.
0: What's been like the hardest part currently about growing free water. Um, today,
1: because we're kind of in an ugly duckling stage. Um, we need to add more software and salespeople. So the two S's, um, up until recently, we just added our first full-time, beyond full-time salesperson. And so uh, he's only been here for a couple of weeks. And so uh, three weeks ago, if you would have put like filled out the get a quote form on our website, it would have taken us 14 days to get back to you because we're so overwhelmed and so many people are asking us for quotes. Um, and so we need more salespeople. We're gonna need a lot more. Um, we've had one to 2,000 people reach out to us through our website from the US and Canada alone who want to be our 1099 salespeople in the future, but we can't unlist them, enlist them and let them go do their thing because we need sales managers in place. We just added that first sales manager. I'm speaking to many others right now. And so we're finally getting that squared away. Like today, if you filled out the get a quote form on our website now, I think we've got it down to 48 hours. We'll get that down the same day. Since we can't even respond to the inbound leads at a rate that I feel good about, we can't go outbound. And all of our biggest opportunities are outbound. So right now, I guess the biggest problem is there's just so much demand and so much traffic to our website that it slows us down from responding to everybody in a manner that I feel like is as professional as we want to be. And so it's basically... Yeah, I mean, starting there, like we need more salespeople, more software people to help us build the tech, to automate, to so on and so forth. But you know, like I will give you an example. Eight weeks ago, our record was we had a hundred and eight thousand unique visitors visit our website. Eight years ago that month, and the average person stayed for like fifty-five seconds. And before that, it was like sixty thousand the month before. Well, last month in a single day, we had sixty thousand people visit us. It crashed our website. And so we're just getting more and more traffic coming into us. We're just trying to manage the traffic and we're trying to manage. So many people are emailing me every day. I'm waking up with like crazy amounts of emails from people all around the world asking about franchise opportunities, saying, oh, uh, our college professor is doing a report on your company. I, I have some questions for you. Like. I'm trying my best to answer all these things. And so is everyone, but it's fucking hard. But like, these are great problems to have, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it seems like as well, you know, since it is, you know, a chicken and the egg problem, um, since you're obviously connecting the advertisers and also, um, uh, people that are, you know, uh, consuming the water. Um, but, um, it seems like, the benefit is it seems like on both sides there's just incredible demand like there's demand from advertisers that then you have to hire more salespeople to figure out how to actually get these kind of custom quotes maybe more efficient um and be able to um deliver that and as well as you know on the demand side too for consumers like getting out getting the uh the water actually into their hands so that's yeah
1: of course i mean like the Walmart CEO doesn't know that they would make more money with our product than selling Fiji water. So however that CEO learns like either us reaching out to them directly, or they've just finding us on the internet. There is like a little bit of an educational barrier, but more and more people learn about us daily. I mean, just four weeks ago we had a video that got a hundred million impressions around the world, like across all platforms and beyond. So it's really getting pushed out there organically and that that really helps
0: how has that has that translated at all um all this you know incredible uh, demand from both sides pr- a lot of press um uh and virality has this translated as well because um, i remember you said at the very beginning that it was really hard to fundraise pre-launch has that now been a lot better? And how do you think about overall your your cap table and 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 just how you think about f- financing FreeWater?
1: Well, half of our team and half of our investors came from TikTok. Wow. And so that, it's been a huge help. Um, also, like, so usually companies have a, a new customer acquisition cost. Like even if you're selling t-shirts, if you've got it dialed in, you know, like, okay, I spend... I don't know, four bucks on ads and that sells one shirt. Uh, You know, and I I net six bucks and then I hit like the repeat button sort of thing. We have a $0 new customer acquisition cost, probably the first time in history because advertisers pay us to do what? Give away free products. We film a fraction of those interactions. We put them on the internet. And when we get lucky, they go viral. And then that feeds more supply and demand because people are like, I want free stuff. And so we've had, I don't know, maybe like 120,000 people sign up on our website in the last 12 months, um, just waiting in line to get free stuff. And then we've got people wanting to potentially advertise or invest or so it it helps to fuel everything.
0: What's been some of like the wildest reaction that you've Um, Kind of witness about free water. It could be like a customer, it could be an advertiser, it could just be anyone um, that's to you for whatever reason um, has been, you know, pretty memorable.
1: Uh, You mean not memorable in the best of ways, but I almost had to call the cops on this person my second day distributing uh, free water pretty in Austin. Um, This person was really uh, unpleasant, let's put it that way. And I was. someone was like, you should be kind of worried for your safety. Someone else who had a free water. And then, um, I was like, really? And they're like, let's call the cops. And I'm just like, fuck. And so that's, that's probably been the one I don't want to dive into what happened because it's just like, you know, but when you're, when you're giving away free products in the streets, um, literally you'll run into just about anybody. And so. That really sucked. Um, Now, beyond that, most people's reaction is just like, what's the catch? Um, How is this possible? Um, And so usually like food or beverage companies, their content is all about like, they'll, they'll try the product and they'll be like, this tastes so good. And this is the best tasting product ever. Well, listen, ours is spring water. I mean, spring water is pretty much spring water. Uh, Not all waters are created equal, but this is good water. But where we create a lot of, where where we've done a lot of amazing things is just recording people's reactions to finding out it's free and it donates to charity. And when people hear that, they're like, well, I thought it was free. So now you're saying I have to donate to charity. And we're like, no, we do that too. Our water is negatively priced. It's 110% off and we still make money. And then like their brains just kind of melt. And that's what the internet really likes seeing.
0: That's cool. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can also understand that you, how you can also have some crazy, um, not fun experiences as well. Um, but it's also, I think it's, I it must be bringing you probably a lot of joy showing people that that this is possible and kind of changing people's minds about what what could be possible about um building a, a for-profit business that also, you know, manages to turn into a charity and, 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 uh, but actually be like a real sustainable business.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why people are behind our movement. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they get a free water, like food and water should be free and we agree. And so like it, people agree with our, why people agree with the situation other than that one time where we almost had to get police involved. And that was just when I was by myself. Um, You know, it was an odd situation, but it's been an amazing experience. Um, It's been fueled by the mission to end, you know, basically global famine and do it in a a very eco-friendly way without government's involvement. And it's been a really good opportunity. I mean, I guess the best way to put it is if I handed you a free water right now, you would be sold for the rest of your life. Oh, I want free water. I want free pizza. I want free computers. Just give it to me. Give me free stuff. But the the phenomenon is if you see a video of somebody getting a free water, you're equally as sold. And so that's just another reason why, you know, posting constantly, I think we've posted like 1,700 videos on TikTok alone in the last like 15, 16 months. That's why it's so important.
0: Do you do you ever get advertisers? Since your TikTok is uh, channel is just so humming, do you ever get advertisers that say, "Hey, we wanted you to do like a TikTok video about us um, as well, like in addition to the uh, to be on the water"?
1: We do. We we charge more for that stuff. Got it. Cool. Cool.
0: Cool. What's one book? that's inspired you personally and one book that's inspired you? Uh,
1: That's a bad question for me because I can't read very well. I've got really bad dyslexia. And so I've actually never really read many books. Um, I'm a movie person. I actually, I feel like I've lived like a million lives through just movies.
0: What's, what's, what's one movie that's inspired you personally or professionally?
1: I mean, just in general, I love Forrest Gump. That's like probably my all time favorite movie. Um, you know um, but along this journey uh, a lot of different ones um, I really like the founder movie the story of the kind of semi-evil dude who made McDonald's what it is have you seen it on Netflix
0: I actually haven't no I, I, it's the I,
1: story it... of the guy who discovered the founders of McDonald's uh, became their partner took the idea scaled it globally but really screwed those guys over um, but I um, it's interesting because of the way they kind of invented the future on the same ticket. You can't knock the person's hustle. I mean, he was like a 55-year-old semi-retired milkshake machine salesman and then he created McDonald's. And so I like I like inspiring movies. I I think okay, I think my favorite movie of all time over Forrest Gump is Cool Runnings
0: with the I Jamaican bobsled cool team. Yeah. So Cause good. I mean, come on,
1: they were a bobsled team from Jamaica and like everybody wrote them off. And if, if, if Jamaica could have a bobsled team, why can't we open up a free
0: Amazon? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Josh, thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun.
1: No, likewise. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me.
0: And there you have it. It was such a pleasure chatting with Josh. I highly recommend following free water on TikTok. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you'd write a review on the Apple Podcasts. You're also welcome to follow me, your host Mike, on Twitter at MikeGelb, and also follow for episode announcements at consumer vc. Thanks for listening, everyone.